Seattle's Chinatown International District has International District in its name because it's been home to so many different groups of people over the decades. From the Duwamish, the original people of the region, to the jazz clubs bringing up world-class performers like Quincy Jones, Ray Charles, and Ernestine Anderson. Also, Chinese, Filipino, Japanese, Vietnamese, and many other communities have made their home in this neighborhood. In 2018, Don Wen, who's the senior tour manager of the Wing Luke Museum of the Asian American Experience, took me on a walking tour of parts of the Chinatown International District. You'll visit a few sites with us today. We're going to start making our way a little bit towards uh, Old Japantown. So, Japantown was actually 72 blocks all together in our neighborhood before the Second World War. So that would be from 5th Avenue to 23rd and Dearborn, which is our most southern border of the neighborhood today, that actually used to be Mikado Street. And it would stretch all the way towards like Yesler. So Japantown was this huge L shape in the neighborhood. This is on Jackson in between Maynard and 6th Avenue. So you're gonna see big panels of drawings of places that were a big part of Japantown from back in the day. So you've got the Kokusai Theater, right? That was like this super cool theater where people would go to watch all sorts of different types of film. That's the location of the Northwest Asian Weekly today. You have Maneki, that's the oldest uh, Japanese restaurant in the whole state of Washington. And it used to be like this destination where you go and it felt like you were whisked to Japan, essentially. And um, they're actually still in the neighborhood today on um, 6th and Main. And like they've won the James Beard Award. We have an advertising wall in our theater at the museum that has their old ad from back in the day. And it's so they still have like their old, that, that advertisement still going on. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <Like> free advertisement. <laughs> so it's kind of cool that we can, people go in to see it and then they can still see it out here in the neighborhood. Wow. And the Wajamaya, of course, big, largest Asian Pacific grocery store in the Pacific Northwest. Next, Don took me to Eastern Hotel. It's a pretty brick building where many cannery workers lived in the early 20th century. A prominent Filipino-American labor activist, Carlos Bulosan, spent some time in this building, and today a mural and historic photos honoring his life decorate the walls inside. The Eastern Hotel was where you had a lot of Filipino-American laborers live and stay in the neighborhood. I mean, although we don't have signage like how we do for Chinatown, Japantown, and Little Saigon in the neighborhood, there was definitely a Filipino population in our neighborhood here that would come and go as seasonal workers, but definitely something that we don't want to forget about as a part of our history here in the neighborhood, too. Was there a time when there were a lot of Filipino families, or how did that work? The way that it was in the neighborhood, they were mostly single male bachelors, too. So, like, when you walk by the um, Eastern Hotel, it's low-income housing now for, you know, the elders in the neighborhood. You'll see murals and photographs of the Filipino-American workers and 
the biggest painting, the biggest mural of all that you'll see on there is Carlos Bulasan. So he was a very notable Filipino-American writer, also a part of the um, labor unions. And if you ever come across a book called America is in the Heart, he wrote that about kind of like that experience for Filipinos um, here in like Seattle. The building's also home to Eastern Cafe, a comfortable coffee shop in the neighborhood. As we returned to the Wing Luke, a museum that houses stories of the Asian American experience at 7th and King, we watched a group of men deep in a game across the street. It's a group that's often there when the weather's decent. Don describes what they're doing. Those gentlemen that you see hanging out underneath the shade of the tree right next to this building here with that balcony, this is a space that they carved out for themselves where they hang out during the hot weather. They might play Chinese chess, and you'll see when the weather gets better, a lot of them just sit out underneath the shade of the tree, hanging out, and you'll see like a pink piece of paper posted on the wall there, and it's like who's playing against who kind of thing. And it gets pretty heated because you only can play two. It's one versus one, and... Um, You'll have some people who are watching that'll tell them, hey, move here or do this. And <laughs> it gets really um, competitive out there. So it's just another space for people in the community to come together and enjoy the spaces that they have. We looked up across the street where Don pointed out some ornate balconies on buildings nearby. They're decorated with flags and bold Chinese characters. You'll notice them around the Chinatown International District neighborhood. Don explains their history. When you're walking around in the neighborhood and you take a look at the buildings, there are balconies at the tops of these buildings where you've got wooden signs, Chinese characters on them. Some of them are more ornate than others, right? Um, this one here, it's got red wooden panels, the black carved in Chinese characters. The one, if we look a little bit to the east of us, it's um, black uh, balcony, red awning. So these family association balconies are just early organizations for the immigrants when they first arrived to, you know, build community, find resources, get help with finding jobs, finding a place to stay, and just getting leads, gossip, right? This is where you would hang out with your your buddies. One of them has like a, got, a couple flags at the yeah, top. Yeah, you've got the Chinese, the Republic of China flag up there and the United States of America flag up there. I get questions about it sometimes, like, how can you have both? But really, why can't you have both, right? Because we here are all Americans and um, we might have our heritage coming from different spaces in the globe, but this is the community that they have made. This is the home that they've made. We're just as American as anybody else, really, right? So, <laughs> I mean, if you come to the museum, this is what you're going to get. You're going to get the Asian Pacific American experience. We come as immigrants. We come as refugees. Some of us maybe have come by means that were not under our consent, or, you know, we might come as documented or undocumented. But just to say that all of these experiences are what make up the folds of American history as a whole, right? I would say that's them having pride of their own ancestry, but then also having pride in their home here.
this tour of parts of the Chinatown International District with Dan Wen, senior tour manager at the Wing Luke Museum of the Asian American Experience, is from 2018. Though the museum doesn't offer live tours during the pandemic, they offer virtual tours and food experiences. You can find a link to their website at kbcs.fm. For KBCS, this is Yuko Kodama. Special thanks to Jesse Callahan, Ruthie Bly, and Noah Allen for help with editing this story. The story is possible due to listeners like you. To listen to more, you can go to kbcs.fm. Or you can subscribe to our podcast anywhere you go to pick those up.